Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Perhaps uh, the best job in sport, or one of them anyway, uh, particularly when you have success at it. Uh, Caleb Shepard is, is with us now. Um, all 53 kilos, 1.68 metres of them. That's uh, five foot six in old people's terms. Uh, he has had a heck of a time of it of late. Uh, and he joins us now from quarantine. Good morning to you, Caleb. Uh, morning, Smithy. How are you going? Yeah, I'm 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 pretty good, mate. Pretty good in the circumstances. I know, uh, being a member of the uh, Olympic team and that, uh, you're, you're probably feeling it a wee bit now. Uh, look, Simon Dickey used to have the most high-profile role as a coxer. I go way, way back to the '70s and '80s when he was in the hot seat. But but now you are, mate. Uh, you're a, a Huntley boy, Tawaranikau country. How did you get into rowing? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, not quite. My uh, my mum is. Uh, Huntley when I went to boarding school um, at Hamilton Boys High School and that, that's sort of how I got into it um, and I was about yeah 30 kilos when I started so I actually had to gain weight to be able to sit in the coxswain seat because you're only allowed to carry 20 kilos of weight so yeah Okay so um, that's an interesting in itself so even now what are the, uh, the dimensions or shall I say um, what can you be in the front of that boat now? Uh, so it's 55 kilos is the minimum weight. Um, so basically you want to be as close to that as you possibly can. Um, I've always been naturally quite light, like sitting around that. Um, this year I've had to, had a bit of a juggling act in, in the lead-up to the Olympics. Um, was a little bit light and then tried to get onto weight and got a little bit heavy. So it just takes a bit of management, but you sort of learn that after a, a few years in the sport. So when do they weigh you? Uh, so you weigh in two hours before your event. Um, and then as long as you're on weight with your body, then they can't weigh you afterwards. Um, but if you're underweight, then you have to carry uh, dead weight in the boat and you have to show that at the start and then it's a whole, it's a whole procedure. So you basically just try to be on that, on that mark. It's an education, this uh, already for me. So uh, look, it was so hot. So damned hot over there. Surely, even just walking around during the day, you were losing weight. Uh, did it, did anyone ever do a study on just how much the girls, uh, as as rowers, were losing during the course of, of an event? Uh, we sort of uh, we don't really weigh them that much, um, but there was definitely you know so many hydration tests done every day to check that they were fully hydrated and and that kind of thing. And our physiologists and and our support team were so good at that. You know, they had 
ice baths and, and towels and all sorts ready uh, every time you came in out of the heat. So, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the, the numbers would be, but it'll be up there. How did you find um, being part of a team uh, that, you know, was so inward looking on focus what they're doing, but you, you probably had an, an opportunity uh, to look at the fact that there was no one there. You know, this is like uh, so many of your training mornings devoid of atmosphere. Uh, how, did you, how did you find, how did the girls um, sort of adapt to that? I guess, I guess when you're rowing around, it's it sort of, I don't know, you don't really notice it that much. It's not until things are, are finished, you know, like the racing, especially in an eights race, you've got six coxswains going for it and you've got, or however many athletes, 50-something athletes across a, you know, a, a six-lane course. So there's a lot of noise happening. So you didn't really, we didn't really notice it until you sort of finish the race and, and you look up and there's just not really anyone there. Um, it was nice for the final because, you know, a lot of the team that had finished before us were there supporting, so that was cool. But, yeah, it was a little bit tough not having, you know, your, your friends and family up in the grandstands to wave to, but... Yeah, it was all just as what it was, really. So, you know, when it comes to those early training mornings and that, obviously you have you have to be there as, as part of the team. Um, you know, you, you have to be involved. You have to be the weight in the boat that they have to lug around the joint. So, I mean, you know, just just how how focused uh, does, do you have to be, not knowing that the physical side of it or, or your part of it is, is, so, is so different? I mean, do you do, what kind of training do you do, for instance? I guess, yeah, for me, it's mainly, in terms of physical training, it's mainly just, you know, weight management. So running or, or cycling or whatever, if you're over and, and bit of gym work if you're under. But honestly, you're there every single session or every day with them. Um, and sometimes that's pretty challenging. You know, you've got a group of women or men um, who are putting their bodies through the ringer and you've got to be the, the voice telling them to go a little bit further or, you know, telling them to sharpen up. Um, technically so you know it has its own challenges um, and I think for a long period of time uh, it does take a lot of mental energy and, and effort but you know it's a pretty rewarding job at the end of the day. So when you obviously we, we've learned a lot about the start procedures um, just looking at the Olympics uh, and so just take us up to the point where you're, you're ready to go um, you know, um, you're looking down the boat. You probably can only see the person in the front seat, uh, you know, that closely. But you know exactly who, who's in the boat and what they're feeling at the time. What are you feeling prior to that start? I guess before a race start, um, I try to get the balance right between being, you know, you've got to be super alert as a coxswain because you can't you can't really miss. You don't want to miss anything tactically. But you also want to be very calm so that. You know, you're balancing out the, the, the crew's nerves and things like that. So I guess when we were sitting in that start blocks, I was just trying to keep the crew calm, you know, saying a few words through the speaker system to just try and relax them, keep them in our boat. And there's some, oh, there's some weird stuff that happens at the start line. Like the American coxswain said to her crew to look at, like turn each side and look at who you're racing kind of thing. And we were sitting there like, Okay, sweet, and that's a bit weird, but we're just staying in our boat and, and staying focused. So, no, it was, it was pretty funny. 9.13 here on um, SCNZ. Uh, we're talking to 
uh, Caleb Shepherd. Uh, very, very interesting, this. Uh, if I look across the field, you'll have to remind me, were you, were you the only uh, male, Cox, in, in the Women's Eights event? Uh, I think I think there were actually three of us. There was the okay. Chinese guy and the Australian guy, James Rook, who's yeah, a bit of a mate of mine. He's a, he's a good fella. Um, but the rest were women, so... I guess that's a, a little bit of a different element. The weigh-in people were very confused when I tried to weigh in for the women's event. They they looked at me and they were like, "What are you doing? You're early." Um, but <laughs> now that they soon worked it out, yeah. Because uh, I think it was back in 2017. Up until then, um, uh, women w- women had to be coxswains in women's boats. I understand. So the International Rowing Federation removed gender restrictions, which made it possible for men to hop across. Uh, and, and do that role in a women's crew. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess, you know, our sports had a massive push on gender equity and, and um, you know, making sure the rowers' numbers all line up. And I'm not sure why it was always, um, you know, the, the way for men to cox men and women to cox women because there's no real advantage either way in terms of gender um, or disadvantage. So... It did make sense, and it did often open up a, a lot of opportunities for people around the world, actually. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great change, to be honest. Yeah. You, you hopped across from a men's boat. Did, did that mean you had to change your style? I mean, speak more nicely? or, or <laughs> that, I mean, that's the kind of thing that comes to the, the man in the street here, just thinking about the job. Did you, do you have to be more polite, or did, is it not, that, not the way? I mean... Honestly, it's completely different um, boat classes, you know, and I know they're both big boats and from the bank they look quite similar. They're, they're both going quickly, but, you know, the women's race is about 30 seconds longer, so tactically that all changes, you know. The, the actual base speed of the event is quite different, so that took a little bit of adjusting. Um, and I'd come back into the program after having... Um, been dropped the year before, so for me, when I joined the women, it was I was sort of rebuilding my style a little bit anyway. Um, but we found a, a happy medium that worked, and I think there's always been so much mutual respect between myself and the eight women or, or ten women in our squad and the coach. So yeah, after a bit of bit of working out how how they liked to to be spoken to, uh, yeah, no, it turned out pretty well. Caleb, um, you were in the, bo- uh, the boat with Bond and Murray. That's not a bad way to spend some of your life. That's pretty successful. Yeah, that was a, that was a hell of an experience. Um, I was still so young, but what was I, 21, I think. And I think to, to get in with those two and just learn a bit about how they operated, um, to be the only person ever really to sit in the boat with them on their own, um, it was quite unique. But, uh yeah. The pair experience was quite different. Um, obviously, they they go really fast without me, so all I was doing was slowing them down. So I just had to work out what they wanted to hear. But honestly, looking back on that is is a pretty pretty amazing experience and something that I'll uh, yeah I'll always be really fond of of that time. Okay, so let's uh, go to that final race um, and, and the finish. Uh, you're looking. Where are you, are you looking across? You're looking at uh, the Canadian crew. You, you, what are you? Are you exerting them on and looking across? And what were you thinking in the last, say, 500 meters? Oh, well, um, that race is kind of a, 
a bit of a whirlwind. You know, we started out and the Canadians got the jump, and they'd done that to us in the heat. Um, but we stayed calm and managed to come through them. And, and we were onto a, a really good rhythm to the middle. And I thought, you know, any moment here they're gonna they're gonna start to crack to so, show signs of fatigue. And I kept looking across at them, and I'd look at us and ask for a bit more, a bit more push, a bit more rating. Um, and in that last 500, I kept asking, like, you know, for more gear changes. We, that's the way that we referred to it, as, as if you're changing gear in a car. You know, you go a little bit more rate, a little bit more power. Um, but everything we threw at them, they just, they'd respond, you know. I'd look across and think we've taken a seat and then look back across and they've taken it back. So it was really challenging those last couple hundred metres. But, you know, our crew gave it everything and we crossed the line and I was a bit... <laughs> dumbfounded that they didn't manage to stay in front of us because we were going so quickly. But just, just yeah, stoked for for the girls to to get some reward after a lot of toil, really. But yeah, it was yeah, cool. it was it was fantastic. It was amazing. Fifty eight minutes actually of viewing to to watch the rowing crew be so successful in such a short uh, space of time. And then of course the the unique medal presentation. T- tell us what uh, what that was all about and and, and the way you went about that. Yeah, so obviously COVID protocols meant that, um, you know, we had to put our own medals on within the crew. Um, honestly, that's, yeah, one of the most special moments, I think, being able to put a, re- a medal around the necks of each of my, each of the, my crew. It was really, really cool, really special. Um, it's something I, I really hope that they consider keeping uh, going forward or even getting coaches involved because, you know, it means so much more coming from within the boat than it does from uh, some high executive coming in and, and getting that honour. But that was a pretty cool moment, actually, um, and one that I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll always remember that. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, it just to me, it just emphasised what team is all about when, when you see those kind of reactions and those emotions. So speaking of which, uh, Caleb Shepard, what, what's on the horizon for you and, uh, and the, the crew as a unit looking forward? Well, yeah, we're not too sure yet. I think everyone's just just taking a little bit of time to to decompress and to to reflect on what's been a pretty you know long five years in a nutshell. Um, but look, we've got a we've got a review when we get out of MIQ and we'll debrief it and and make some decisions going forward. Um, I think I'll probably take some time uh, out of the sport for myself, but um, excited excited to do. Uh, yeah, do some other things, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the group going forward. Hey, Caleb, thanks very much for your time this morning. Uh, hopefully you'll be uh, with your, your family and friends, loved ones, etc. in person very shortly, and you can uh, relive some of those magic moments you've just uh, shared with us. Uh, it was fantastic, and we, we loved it, absolutely loved uh, the visuals and the effort. Um, it just warm fuzzies back here in New Zealand, so uh, hey, go well. Uh, enjoy your time off and uh, I'd love to see you back in the boat at some time in the future eh? Thanks mate, really appreciate it looking forward to uh, getting home to the family Yeah I'm sure you are, I'm sure you all are and it's uh, uh, difficult times for all of us Caleb Shepherd there folks uh, and he's the cox of the women's eight silver medalists uh, in Tokyo Radio 88.33 you can perhaps text us uh, with many subjects this morning Um, you know there's the Chris Cairn scenario um, the you know, all the other issues that are around the pressures in sport. 
or you can uh, text us about the, the success of the rowing cruise. Uh, that was fantastic. The medal presentation that he said would probably be the most memorable thing that uh, came out of the whole deal. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.